0: Jeremiah, please. And chapter 17. Jeremiah 17. Beginning to read from verse 1. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills, O my mountain and the field, I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spoil and thy high places for sin throughout all thy borders. And thy even thyself shalt discontinue from thine heritage that I gave thee. And I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger, which shall burn forever. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man And maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land, not and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I the Lord search the heart I try the reins even to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. And as the partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and at his end shall be a fool. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For thy Art, my praise. Isn't that beautiful? Powerful scripture. Let us pray. Father, we pray now you would seal us in this place. Lord, that you would seal our hearts in with yourself. We pray, O God, that you would help a man with clay and frail lips to rightly divide the word of truth and to preach thy word with clarity with boldness help me Lord this evening to glorify your son in everything Lord if there's one or some here unsaved would you save them tonight would you draw them to your son to the cross and Lord I pray Lord as you were waking up your church your people And may this message be noised abroad to do with our nation and our land and that which is happening within. Lord, we know you're still on your throne. And so we praise you, we exalt you, we magnify you, we worship you, and we adore you. Take us up in the spirit, we pray. And glorify your Son we ask for Jesus' name's sake and for his glory. Lord, at this time we now bind any opposing spirit even in heart or in mind any foul spirit to be bound in Jesus' name that thy word would have free course Christ would be exalted to the glory of God the Father. In his name we pray. Amen. How God sees the heart of the nation and the heart of every man or every man and woman. That's what we want to speak about this evening. And what is happening here in our scripture. God is warning the southern kingdom of Judah of their sin. Now, when you go home, you can win 1 Kings 11, 1 Kings 12. And there you'll find Solomon, David's son. He's reigning over a united kingdom of Israel. And because he loved, it says, many strange women, it brought shame into the nation. It brought idolatry in. And of course, Israel being married to God they committed spiritual adultery. And because of this, the Lord said that he would rend the kingdom. And hence, Solomon's, if you want, understudy, a young man called Jeroboam, was out walking one day, and along comes a prophet called Ahijah. And there he grabs Jeroboam's new garment or new coat, And he tears it into 12 pieces. And he gives Jeroboam 10 of the 12 pieces, saying that he would have 10 tribes to rule over in the northern kingdom of Israel. And two pieces of the 12 were left would be for Rehoboam, who is Solomon's son. When Solomon died, Rehoboam would then sit upon the throne in Jerusalem. He would have two pieces, one for the tribe of Judah and another for a tribe to be a light all way before Judah, which is the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin is known as the light-bearing tribe. It holds the light. And even most of the, uh, the apostles, as it were, the, 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 the original apostles of the Lamb, all bar possibly two, one being Judas Iscariot and the other being Matthew, who was of Levi. They're all thought to be off the tribe of Benjamin, being brought from Galilee down with Jesus in his ministry into Jerusalem in later years. The Apostle Paul is from the tribe of Benjamin. And the Apostle Paul was the one who was sent out seeking lost sheep. The Apostle Paul and the other apostles, they're all sent out seeking the lost sheep of the house of Israel, And so they're from the light bearing tribe bringing the gospel of salvation. Salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What had happened was at the separating of the kingdom, the northern kingdom, the ten tribe northern kingdom, they were so wicked they had their own lines of kings from Jeroboam, who we spoke about, right the whole way through to the finish of the kingdom. And every single king was wicked in the sight of God. The Lord sent Elijah to them. When you read Elijah, he's to the northern kingdom. Elisha was to the northern kingdom. Amos lived in the southern, but God sent him to the northern kingdom. Hosea is to the northern kingdom of Israel. And of course then, we had Isaiah who spoke to both. And of course then, we had other prophets who went, to Southern Kingdom later on. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I want you to see where you are in our narrative and our story this evening. Because the Northern Kingdom were carried away captive and never returned again. Never returned. You can read when the Southern Kingdom went to Babylon. And there you'll read of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all those stories that we heard, they're all in Babylon from the southern kingdom, the two tribes, southern kingdom and Judah, of Judah in Babylon. And when they're in there, they're then released to come out again, and they build the walls of Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem, and you'll read of Ezra, uh, Zerubbabel's temple, and you'll read of Nehemiah building the walls. You'll read of the name Israel because they're part of the twelve tribes of Israel. You read the name Judah, you'll read the name Benjamin, but you'll never read of another tribal name. Check me out at it and go and try it. There's not one other tribe is mentioned because they're gone. And so now God had turned his mind to Judah. And they had gone wayward. They had some good kings like Hezekiah and Jehoshaphat. They were the, some of the good kings. Uh, in Judah, the southern kingdom. But now wickedness has taken over the nation, taken over the land. And since wickedness has taken over, God had sent Jeremiah, the prophet, into Judah and they hated him for preaching the word of God to them. So hence our story is this Jeremiah is still prophesying of a judgment to come, and because they didn't listen, judgment came. They thought it would never come. Judgment came, and the Babylonians came and took them away. Hence, as we said, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and so on in those books that we read about. So, there's where we are this evening in our narrative and in our story, in our reading of the Word of God. So, Jeremiah is pointing out the sin of Judah, Hence, in verse 1, the sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron. In other words, it's chiseled, as it were, like into stone. Stony hearts of men and women that would not turn to God. Stony hearts, now it's written deep. Their sin is deep, and their sin has been carved into their very spiritual fabric in their nation, in their worship and in their monarchy. There are four types of heart that is mentioned here. God shows them their sin. God shows them it. Look at the four types of heart just for a moment. First of all, as we have said, there is the sin-engraved heart, the sin-engraved heart in verse 1. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron And with the point of a diamond, it is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of their altar. Listen, see how your heart is, the condition of your heart. It will show in who or what you worship. The horns of the altar, they had engraved the sin as it were. In other words, your altar, the sacrifice, the blood that you're saying is for my use as it were. God is saying. Jeremiah is saying, the Lord says, your sin is in those very horns of the altar. He used to tie the animal to the horns of the altar. The animal couldn't move. It's a type of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. There he was, as it were, tied, hand and foot, nails, nails, and nails. And this was typifying Christ who would come. And God is saying, Even in the very horns of your altars, your sin is engraved into your very worship. Into those things you say are for me. Into those things you say are for your sin. He says it does nothing for God. God will not accept it. Your heart is completely engraved with your sin. Now that's hard, isn't it? The sin engraved. Nowadays, it's don't mention the word sin. Nowadays, it is don't mention things to be too hard or you'll frighten off the people. Nowadays, it is say they've made a little mistake or a few mistakes. Call it mistakes. Brothers and sisters, the Bible calls it sin. And so we will not try to alter nor add to nor take away from it, it's sin. It is sin. Here we have the sin-engraved heart. Secondly, quickly, we have the carnal-departed heart in verse 5. The carnal-departed heart. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, notice whose heart departeth from the Lord. Notice he's trusting in flesh, carnality, carnal things. And he says, you're trusting in that. And he says, you have departed from me. Listen, see, once an assembly or a church starts to bring in carnality into the church, you know what happens? It feeds the flesh of the flock. And if it feeds the flesh of the flock, guess what you have to keep feeding the flock? Not the word of God and not with the spiritual matters, but feeding their flesh. And they end up fat in flesh, as it were, and lean in spirit, and they will depart from the Lord. They will depart from the Lord. Notice here the carnal departed heart. Then thirdly, we have the deceitful wicked heart. The deceitful wicked heart. Look at verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Here's the deceitful, wicked heart. I want to say something, brothers and sisters. The word in today says, oh, go with your heart. Trust your own heart. The Bible says, do not trust your heart. Do not go with your heart. Go with the heart of God. His word. For the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And fourthly, there is the transparent manifest heart. The transparent manifest heart. Will you let your eye run down, please, to verse 10? I, the Lord, search the heart. It's transparent and manifest to the Lord. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So here we have the four of them the sin engraved heart, the carnal departed heart, the deceitful wicked heart, and then there's the transparent, is jerephest heart of man and woman. Judah, says Jeremiah, think about your brethren, think about the northern kingdom, think about their sin, their idolatry, think of what happened to them in the past. How God allowed Sennacherib and Saragon to come in and carry away the northern kingdom because of their sin, exactly as you're doing now. And he gives them these points of their own heart. How God sees your heart, Judah. House of Judah, how God sees your heart and how God sees the heart of every man and of every woman. I wonder if we were to replace the name of Judah with the name Britain, United Kingdom, or Ireland, or the United States, or Canada. I wonder how it would read to the, to the minds and the hearts of men and women. What if it said about Ulster? What if it said about those sitting in this tabernacle tonight. This is the heart of men. This is the heart of women. This heart is a total depravity of human nature. In other words, we have no inability to help nor save ourselves, but rather we are lost without God stepping in in his sovereignty and in his fullness and goodness. And hence we would all be lost. Here is our hope. Verse 13. Here is our hope. O oh Lord, the hope of Israel. What is Israel, Britain's hope? The Lord. The Lord. What is Ulster's hope? A political party, dear, help us if it is. no matter who they are. Britain's hope. Boris Johnson. my goodness. What is the hope of our nation? What is the hope of Ireland? Is it the Taoiseach down south? Is it the Doyle? What is the hope? What hope does man have? Any man and every man. What hope do we have but the Lord? What hope is there but to turn to Christ and acknowledge what he shows us in our hearts this evening? He is the hope of Israel. And he is our only hope. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. So, God sees their doings. God knows their ways. And he's given them a look. Now it's Judah's turn. The house of Israel are gone. In fact, they're gone about, probably about 120 years now. They're gone. And now Judah in the southern kingdom, the Lord is showing them, he's showing them as he showed earlier the northern house of Israel, he's showing them the state of their land, the state of their nation, the state of their government, the state of their monarchy, He's shown them the state of their political system. He's shown them the state of their hearts and of their minds and the state that it's brought them in their sin, their idolatry. And he's shown them, and tonight, oh, but that God would show us and open our eyes and the eyes of those men and women who are not saved and walking around our nation tonight that they would see what the government is doing to the nation and the sin that's in it. And the way they are leading them in a handcart going to hell. God is showing them that they have a heart engraved with sin. And it has caused them to depart or to backslide from the Lord. And their own heart has and is deceiving them. And God knows every single bit of it and hence he shows it to them. Now, folks, we have to look at what is the heart. What heart is it that we have been speaking about that's sin and grave, that's carnally departed, that's deceitful and wicked, that's transparent and manifest to God? What does the word heart mean? The word heart here is the word labor. labor. And it means the feelings, the will, the intellect, and the center of everything that a man is. You and I might say, "Oh, that went right to my heart. We don't mean the fleshy muscle that pumps the blood around the veins in the body. Something is said, it goes right to the heart. It means right to our emotions, right to our feelings, to our will, to our intellect. In fact, it hits the center of everything that we are. And that's the word "leib" for heart that the Lord has given here. And he says, the center of everything that you are, Judah, before that was Israel, the center of everything you are, every emotion and will of the people, every heart of government and monarchy, every heart, as I could call it, the religion, or church, as it were, at the time. And if he says it to us tonight, to you and I, to all who watch live and later. And if he would say to us tonight, and by the Spirit of God give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive and to believe, then surely something could be done to be rescuing our nation and our land. We know that the heart, the beating muscle, is the most interior organ in the body. And hence the heart, the spirit, the the, the soul of the man and woman, hence is deeply involved. And when sin lays hold within it and engraves it, we cannot remove it. So where's our hope? Our hope is in the Lord. Lord. Our hope is in the Lord God of Israel. So, they had moved away from what God had given them in the law, and they had turned to what man had laid down in their law. In other words, man was changing laws to suit themselves instead of adhering to God's. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? They're doing it in Westminster, aren't they? They're doing it in Stormont, aren't they? They're doing it in the Dodge, aren't they? In Washington. Aren't they? Changing laws to suit themselves. Even making compulsory laws for even the like of wearing a mask. It wasn't a law. It was like a suggestion at the start, wasn't it? And then it went from that to, well, you know, we'll have to put down something stronger, we'll change the law again, and they'd done it again and again until they made it compulsory. I wouldn't put it past them in the near future if they weren't robbing our doors and pulling us out to force feed us with a vaccine. You see, the heart would be knocked out of them. The nation was crumbling. Judah was being invaded by the Babylonians. And now they have no hope. They had turned away from God's word, from God's service, from God's worship, and reverence to God. And Yahweh was displeased with them in all their ways. In fact, he's like a doctor to all of Israel before that. Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 1, verses 4 and verse 5. Isaiah chapter 1, please, verse 4 and 5. Notice God is, gives a description of the state of Israel. Imagine this being written out about our nation tonight. Even about the state of the church tonight and the state of many hearts tonight. Verse 4 please. Listen to what he says. Ah, sinful nation a people laden with iniquity a seed of evildoers children that are corruptors they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They are gone way backward. Verse 5. Why should you be stricken any more? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. Looking at the nation, he says, the whole head is sick, the whole heart is faint. See, if you looked at it from a bird's eye view, from a God-eye view, from a, uh, looking down upon the nation from the top of the nation to the bottom. See, for us, you know what it would be? From John O'Groats to Land's End, from from Dundee to Dublin, and from uh, London to Londonderry. Your whole head is sick, and your whole heart is faint. In other words, God is saying to them, you're sick in the head and faint in the heart. Britain, you're sick in the head. The laws you're passing, this is becoming a dictatorship. You're sick in the head. You're passing laws for the murder of children in the womb. Up to birth. Canada now, as I said it last week, and I didn't know it last week, but now I know it, Canada now has been passing laws that you can bring your old people to have them euthanized. Next, it will be the disabled. I told you last week, next it will be the disabled. And then it will be others. It will be those who can't afford things, who have fallen into debt and poverty, who are a drain on the system. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. The sanctity of life does not exist hardly in our nation anymore. Freedom of speech is taken away from us. And we feel that those who stand for the word of truth of the scriptures, that we are now the pariah of the nation. And they would love it to be out of sight and out of mind. With something to tell them, we're not going anywhere. We are not going anywhere. Here we have the Lord looking as though he were a doctor. He goes on to say, we'll not read it, but it's neither being bound up nor mollified with ointment. Your wounds, that is. Israel, your wounds. No one has come along to clean out your wound. No one has come along to wipe down, and I don't mean to be graphic, to take away the blood, the dirt, and the pus. It hasn't been cleaned out nor mollified with ointment. You haven't had it bandaged up that it might heal, but rather you've let it grow and fester and get deeper and more engraved. United Kingdom. Ulster. This little province was once called Little Evangelical Ulster. It was once known as the last bastion of evangelicalism in Europe. And now, it knows not God. Will you turn with me to the book of Hosea? The book of Hosea, please. Now, you might say, where is that little book? Just go to Ezekiel Daniel Hosea. Hosea is a fantastic book while you're looking it up. Hosea is about a man who's told to go and marry a woman. It's called the children of Hordom from the land of Hordom, for the land has committed great whoredom before me. That's the northern house, the ten tribes of the northern house of Israel. That's who this, is, this book is about. It mentions Judah in it, but that's who it is primarily about. And Hosea goes up to prophesy to them that Yahweh had sent them, sent him to them. And here we find that in this, he's told, marry a woman from it. And he marries a woman, and the woman is Israel. That is the, the, the idea of it. Hosea represents the Lord, and the woman represents Israel. And so they have children, and he calls the children certain names like and so on. And it means you're not my children anymore. Speaking to the northern kingdom, they're playing it out in a family for the nation. That's what the book of Hosea is about, especially the first few chapters. And then the woman is out of the house and she's away into the the slave markets and and she's way into sin. And Hosea is told by the Lord, go back out there, Hosea, and get her back again. And Hosea goes out, and he looks, and he finds, and he searches. And he buys her back. He redeems her. And he brings her back to the home again. And that's what the Lord has done with us in our sin. The Lord has went out through the preaching of the word, the preaching of the gospel, and redeemed us and brought us back again to his fold, into his house. That's the idea of the book of Hosea. So now, turn to Hosea chapter 5 with me. I'll do a study in this book sometime. It's a fantastic book. Verse 1, please. Hear this. Hear ye this, O priests. There's your church. Hear ye this, O priests, and hearken, ye house of Israel. There's your government. And give ear, O house of the king. There's the royalty, the monarchy. For judgment is toward you because ye have been a snare on Mizpah and the net spread upon Tabor. Let me just jot down through some of these for time's sake. Verse 3. I know Ephraim. Ephraim is a, a, uh, one of the sons of Joseph. This is his tribe in the northern kingdom. And Ephraim becomes the name, the cover name for all the ten tribes in the north. So sometimes you read Ephraim, it means the whole northern kingdom. Listen to what it says. For I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hid from me. For now, O Ephraim, thou committest whoredom, and Israel is defiled. They will not frame their doings to turn unto their God For the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them, and they have not known the Lord. And the pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore shall Israel and Ephraim fall in their iniquity. Judah also shall fall with them. The Lord says, not only you leading us in the northern kingdom's main tribe Ephraim, but the whole of the northern kingdom. And then Judah, you're all going to fall because of your sin. But if you turn and you repent, he says, then I will be a hope unto Israel. Oh, brothers and sisters, put Britain in there tonight. Put Ulster in there tonight. The Lord says, you're going down the drain. Judgment is coming. But if you turn to me, I am your hope. Notice here, just for time's sake, please, let your eye run down to verse 13. Verse 13, please, of Hosea 5. When Ephraim saw his sickness, and Judah saw his wound, that's the two kingdoms, north and south. Then went Ephraim to the Assyrian and sent unto king Jareb. Yet could he not heal you nor cure you of your wound. Notice, this is what Ephraim done. He went unto the Assyrian, who ended up becoming his captor. It shows you that sometimes you think that you're doing the right thing to try and keep yourself afloat and you go to the wrong place, the wrong people, and as it said in our opening scripture, you trust the arm of flesh. Cursed is he that trusteth in the arm of flesh, the Lord said in Jeremiah 17. Ephraim trusted the Assyrian, the arm of flesh, and it was the Assyrians who came and took them away captive. Notice here what he says when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound. Would you say, saw, please? Would you say it louder? Do you see that word when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound? See the Hebrew text, you know what it is? It's the word raha. It's the word raha. And this is what it means, to discern. To discern, to look one upon another. And I want you to catch this because this is how God shows the nation their heart. And how the Spirit of God shows the individual their heart. To discern, to look one upon another. That's the Hebrew word. raah In other words, God let Ephraim and then Judah see their sickness. The state of their land, the state of their people, the state of the nation, the state of their hearts. In the Greek, the corresponding word to raah It's the word horeo. And it simply means to have a vision. To have a vision. So God showed Ephraim, the northern kingdom, and then Judah, their sin, that they could look one upon another and like a vision, see the state of the land, the nation, and the heart, see a state of the worship and all that was happening in their nation. Brothers and sisters, we're on this side of the cross. Brothers and sisters, we are post-cross. We have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Surely, surely spirit-filled, blood-washed, born-again believers can see with their eyes what is happening in our land, what is happening in our nation. What is happening with our youth and what is happening with our young people? Surely God has given us the vision to see the sin of the nation. Surely he's given us to see the sin in the lobbyist groups and all of the paraphernalia that they want to put into the nation and into society. Surely if you know the Lord, you see it. And I think most Christians, so-called Christians, I think are blind. Or rather they know it and for comfort they believe it and walk with it. When Ephraim saw his sickness or to discern this nation, you know, he can see the people something wrong about our nation. There's something wrong with our government. There's something wrong with the whole religious system here. There's something wrong here. Surely we must turn to God for the more we think we're helping ourselves and changing laws and putting in man's tradition and laws over the law of God, our nation's getting worse and worse. Surely God is angry with us. And I would say the same for our nation. God gave them the ability to discern and to look one upon another. As it were, the corresponding word, to have a vision. Now listen, discern. To look one upon another and see it. Recognize it. Look, whenever you see some of these lobbyist groups and what they are getting up to, as a believer, do you not see it and recognize the spirit behind it? I do. It's like a vision in front of you. You see the people. Those people needn't saved. But you see the vision. You see the vision. You see the spirit all over them. An antichrist Christ Spirit. Demonic spirit, an evil spirit. Ro, to discern, to look one upon another. Horeo, to have a vision. Listen, there's the third one. Listen to this. The third one is Latin. Know what it is in the Latin? Fideo. Fideo. If you recognize the word, it's because it's the word we use. It's like God showed them playing a video. This is your state of your nation. This is the state of your hearts. This is the way it is in the church. They're all falling away from me and backsliding. They're trusting in the arm of flesh. Now listen, we have people from a medical profession here. We have nurses here. And we think you're wonderful. We appreciate medicine. We're not against that. But I can tell you, you know what's happened in the 20th the 21st century? We've started trusting more as believers in the arm of flesh of medicine than we have in the Lord for our healing. Albert Benjamin Simpson wrote the book, Christ the Healer. And he said at the end of the 1800s, where thereabouts... And he said, he wrote the song, Yesterday, Today, Forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never glory to his name. He was healed miraculously as a boy. He started believing God for healing. You know what he says? This isn't verbatim, but this is what he said. He said that in his day now, people were trusting more and more in man's medicine than in the Lord, and hence the Lord is healing less and less because of it. Now listen, I don't want to offend anyone. If you've got a vaccine, that's, your, that's entirely up to you. That's, that's up to you. But let me tell you, people are asking me about it. I don't usually preach about it. I will not be getting it. Some of the stories I've heard of people. Why did you get that? Why did you get that? You know what their reply is? Makes me feel safer. Makes me feel safer. If you feel safer, I mean, that's great for you, but I can tell you something. And I know I could take it. I know it's, I'm not denying that there's something there. I believe actually it's a chemical weapon that's been released in the air, but that's another thing. A biological warfare. But let me tell you this my hope is in the Lord of Israel. Amen. So. God shows them a video, as it were, and He shows them their heart, their sin, and their condition. My brothers and sisters, I have told you that I will let you out. <laughs> sounds like you're, <laughs> sounds like you're away in some nut house or something, doesn't it? I let you out for the day, and I'm going to keep my word. So I'm going to close here and I might do another part. I don't know. I'll see how the Lord leads me. I'm away for three days this week during the week so nobody will find me. I'm just going for a wee break for three days but I'll be back next Sunday, God willing. I'll be in my place here preaching Sunday morning. Let me finish it with this. Verse 14 of Jeremiah chapter 17. Listen to what it says. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. Can I ask you something? Who believes salvation is off the Lord in here? Who believes it's off Him and Him alone? Simple, isn't it? When you know it. I believe it. Salvation is off the Lord, isn't that right? What about the other part? Heal me. Oh, we can't believe that as much in the year 2021. It's as though God has changed. That's why when it comes down to things like, and topics like gay marriage and people are capitulating to it, to try and fit the populace we spoke about last week. That's why when it comes down to the abortion lobbyists, the murder squads, and even churches are capitulating to say, okay, you know why? Because they have changed and written the laws that are different away from the law of God. Heal me, O oh Lord, and I shall be healed. I was, I was actually talking, as you know, went to see Pastor McConnell today in the hospital, and he's very, very ill. But he was talking to me in a whisper. He's no strength left. I told him what I told you this morning when I left about what happened on Wednesday night and the, that wonderful spiritual experience. And I told him about that, and he lit up in the bed. He was like, and his eyes lit up, and he went, Those things, raised his hands, he says, those things, he was like, you thought somebody had plugged them into the electric. Those things, he said, son, those things, George Jeffries and the Bible pattern church that happened all the time. He says, but they're nearly lost in Pentecost for a long time. I'm so glad he was lit up I'm so glad to hear this so we were talking and I reminded him of a few things how he dedicated our children I remember I reminded him how he told me off and threw me out of his office a few times and we laughed about it and I told him I loved him and he told me he loved me too I told him about the time Alison was healed of ME. I said, she went to healing services and nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. She was getting strength. And he says, I remember the healing services. I said, she was getting strength, but nothing was happening. And then, I says, we were praying for her, nothing was happening. And one day around the Lord's table, the breaking of bread, I said, we call him servant or bishop, I said, bishop, you get up and the where this, the breaking of bread would have been, and we were on up the back. And Allison was very ill. I says, Bishop, you said the Spirit of God is here to heal this morning. Stand up. I says, and you can imagine there's a few thousand people there, how many would stand up looking to the Lord to touch them. But in our row and the one behind us, and there was none in front of us, I said, Alison stood up yet again. I says, and you started singing, Bishop. Be still and know that I am God. I said, many times have we sung that. Pastor McConnell sung the blessing out of songs. There was that man. He had a sang it. To, not right for you to. He had a sang the blessing out of songs. He was singing some songs. you going, oh, no, not again. I said, many times did we sing that, Bishop? And he started chuckling a bit in the bed. I said, but then he started to sing I am the Lord that healeth thee. I says, Nobody touched Allison, nobody was beside her. And she says, the word entered into her. I think it's about twenty-two years ago now, twenty-three years ago. And the word entered into her. I says, and she knew he touched me. That the Lord had touched her. And as easy, or as it were, as much as it is, uh, save me, O Lord, and I shall be saved. It's heal me, and I shall be healed. And from that moment to this, and I have, dear love her, I have tricked her halfway around the world. She's bore two children, and she has been flat out in ministry in all the different things that she does with the women, the children, and so on, for years. And listen, see when the Lord done the job, he done it well. She's still healthy, and she's never had a relapse in all of that time. See, we have lost that, where God is the same. He is the immutable God, but he's immutable when it comes to the sin of our nation and our land too. And we cannot add nor take away from the Word of God. We can't add or take away from it.
1: might say,
0: ah, but you don't know, I've got a big need. You have a big God to meet your big need. You have a big God to meet your big need. But what if he doesn't touch me? But what if he does? But what if he does? Let's stand a moment,
1: shall we? Be still. The
0: Him. I believe him. I believe him. Team, would you come up? We might as well stay on our feet. We're going to sing a hymn and then we're going home. Told you. Oh, here. It's only quarter past.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that the right time, by the way? Mate, this watch keeps stopping on me. That's why I'm late on a Sunday night. <laughs> Bless the Lord is that right a quarter past is that right yeah. about about quarter past somebody put my watch forward on me there did they this